A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is Tim Wiley. You're listening to The Marvelists with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to another installment of Cosplay Connection. I'm Eddie Wilson. Happy to have on the phone a guy that I've met at some shows in the East Coast area. Predominantly, I think, one. We'll get into that, too. His name is Tim Wiley. Tim, thanks for spending some time to talk about what it is that you do and love. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I think it's been a while coming, and we'll get to that because there's others in your circle that you've cosplayed with and done stuff with. And um, I think from Facebook, I've seen that uh, you did spend some time in the military. So first and foremost, thank you for your service. If you want to mention that, that would be great to start with, I think. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, It was my pleasure. I was in the Army and spent some time over in Germany, uh, which was incredible. Yeah, it it really gave me a, a head start on my life. Uh, even though I didn't pursue it as a career, I think it really helped me out with what I wanted to focus on and keep priorities straight and gave me a head start. How long were you in the service and it was just Germany and how old were you when you were in? I went in when I was 20. I did a two-year active duty, six years inactive reserves. And I spent a year and a half over in Germany down in Augsburg, which is about 50 miles west of Munich. It was a great experience. Uh, yeah, I know it's not for everybody, but didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that point. And yeah, like I said, it really helped me out and gave me direction. That's one of the things I've heard about, too. If you're not sure where you want to be going at that point in your life, that could be an option. That's great. Did you have any particular uh, title or responsibilities? Well, being in for only two years, uh, there's only so much advancement you can get. I was a nuclear biological chemical specialist, which means during conflict, I would go in to check for biological or chemical weapons being used, radiation detection, decontamination. It sounds a lot more glorious than it actually is. (laughs) But we we did do a lot. When I was in AIT, which is your secondary school after basic training, I was among the second class to go through live nerve agent training. Got to drive a lot of vehicles that I never would have had the opportunity to do in civilian life. The Humvees when they first came out, the Jeeps, five tons, deuce and a half, a howitzer recovery vehicle. That was a lot of fun. I think of howitzer, other than what you just put it in terms of framework, but I think of that as a weapon of some kind, no? Yeah, it's a really big cannon on tracks. Okay. Got it. Stuff that, as a civilian, might see in pictures of some kind, whether it's photograph pictures or film pictures, but this is the real deal. Yeah. It was a great experience. The military isn't for everybody, and I understand that, and there's a lot of people who can't go in, don't want to go in, but, you know, that's why there's those of us who did. We go in to help keep everyone safe and protect our country. Well, again, I understand, yes, people don't want to or can't go for physical reasons, and we do thank you again for what you've done. I honestly didn't expect this to start this way, but it's a great surprise. It's (laughs) It's a nice turn, and I appreciate the backstory, the information that you were willing to share. So thank you. What uh, oh, what we typically start with on this feature is to find out how it all started for you getting into the cosplay thing. When and where, how old, 
And did it start with, in some cases, it might be the movies or the comic books. So where would it have begun for you? <laughs> Actually, that's kind of funny. You know, let's see, it started in uh, 2013 after a motorcycle accident. Wow. It was Easter morning, and I decided to take my motorcycle out because it was a really nice day. And I took a ride up into the hills, and I was coming back, and I was on a, a windy back road. And speed limit is only about 20 miles an hour. So I was coming around at one corner, and there was a truck coming the opposite direction. He was halfway in my lane. And I had to stand the bike up to avoid him. And I, look, you know, I made eye contact with him after he looked up from his phone. Hey. And he swerved back into his lane, and I tried leaning the bike to make a turn. I couldn't do it. I was going straight for the guardrail, so I laid the bike down and slid into the guardrail versus head-on going over. And, yeah, I wasn't going that fast, but I did get banged up a little bit. I was able to limp the bike home. I was only about a mile and a half up the road. And I walked in the house and told my wife at the time, yeah, I just got run off the road. So called the insurance company. They said, okay, we're... We'll cover your bike, your all the clothing you're wearing, your helmet and everything else. We'll make sure you get that taken care of. So while I was looking for new leathers on eBay, I came across leathers that were embossed to look like stormtrooper armor. Hmm. And I was like, that's not something I would wear while riding a motorcycle, but I wonder if I could buy stormtrooper armor. <laughs> Being a Star so Wars I, fan orig originally or anyway? Well, yeah, I grew up in Star Wars. So when I was a kid and I saw the first movie in, in the theaters, I came out, and I was blown away by stormtroopers. And ever since I was a kid, I wanted to have stormtrooper armor. Later on in life, when uh, How I Met Your Mother, was it Barney? I think he had a set of stormtrooper armor set up in the background. And I was like, oh, my God, I want one. So, yeah, it just always kind of stuck with me. So I ended up finding one on eBay. I bought it. Turned out to be junk. That's when I found out about the 501st. And I started talking to them and found out a good manufacturer of stormtrooper armor. So I bought the black shadow trooper armor, and that was my first cosplay. That's your first. And okay. I did my first troop at Rhode Island Comic Con in 2013, and I was approved by the 501st two days prior. So it was my first time ever cosplaying, first convention I'd ever been to. That's when the bug bit me, and I went nuts from there. <laughs> Well, that's a great start. Now, I think if what it sounds like in 2013, that might be indicative. We spoke a little bit before we started recording that you got into cosplay this way at an older age instead of in your 20s, let's say. Yeah. Well, I've been a geek for years, but you know, I never really knew about the, the conventions around here. I'd been to one in Springfield back in the 90s, but it was more or less like a, a book show. There wasn't that many people that dressed up, and it wasn't as big as they are now. But after that, you know, I, I never really heard about them. I'd known about New York Comic Con or Los Angeles, but it wasn't until the first convention that I found out there's actually a, quite a few in New England. And since then, they've exploded. They were almost everywhere. You're absolutely right. And I think in your case, we were going to get to this a little later, but may as well ask it now. The ones you've been to have been pretty much close to home. Yeah, I tend to stay within New England. I've been to New York Comic Con twice. I went to Buffalo, which where I'm originally from, and went to uh, Nickel City Comic Con two years ago. Basically, mostly New England. I have to mention the one that we met at, and I think the only one we've ever seen each other at more than once, it's probably about four or five times, is the Super Mega Fest in Framingham, Massachusetts. Yep, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> and... For you, I believe it's a lot shorter distance traveling. For me, it's about three and a half hours, close to four. But my wife and I come out. She doesn't go for the 
convention stuff as much. She'll find shopping not too far away and say, go ahead, play with your cosplay friends, whatever. <laughs> so it's like a win-win kind of thing. Yeah. But it really is a great atmosphere, a great environment. Nobody really is getting uh, obnoxiously rude, loud, or, well, loud sometimes, but uh, what can you do? It's, it's a somewhat party atmosphere, but not like way out of control, out of hand, destructive or anything. So I think everybody understands the basic ground rules, if you will. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it really has exploded the whole term of cosplay and the convention stuff over the last several years thereabouts. When you telling me about you were so, I don't know, enamored of the Stormtrooper armor, and I know that, yes, the 501st has a lot of members and divisions, and I've seen a couple of variations of them, not that I could rattle off any particulars, but what is it yeah. that a Stormtrooper appeals to you? Because, you know, from just looking at the Star, watching the Star Wars movies, they're not good guys, per se. Well, it's funny because I, I usually tend to cosplay the bad guys because in any movie or story, comic book, whatever, the bad guys always have the better backstories, you know, how they got there or whatever. There was always something that, not that I identified with, but the costumes are better. They have a cooler aspect to them. You go, you look at the Predator movies. The Predator is just so cool and so badass, and the good guys are just regular, well, not regular guys, but regular humans. I've always looked at the costumes, the, the look, or the backstories, because they don't, they don't always win either. True. In most movies, it's you know who's going to win by the end of the movie. Uh, there's very few movies where the bad guy actually wins. And not that I root for the bad guys, but it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, it's a feeling. I'm sure it is. An, it's an overall experience, I think, for lack of a yeah. better word. So is there anything about your particular stormtrooper or maybe you have one more than one version that maybe makes you stand out or the features that you like about it well actually my shadow trooper i've pretty much retired that i like that because it was a black stormtrooper you don't see that many of them they were never in the movies per se they were generated out of the novels and comic books i believe so when you go to a convention where the 501st is there you'll see five six seven white stormtroopers and you might see one black stormtrooper. You know, it kind of stand out when you do see them. But, you know, I've kind of gotten away from Star Wars and things like that for the past couple of years. I've gotten more into the Ghostbusters. And in between when I started and now, I did a lot of mashups and other non-commercial characters like uh, Frank from Hellraiser. Of course, I've done Freddy Krueger, my version of Cronin from the Hellboy movies. When you say mashup, that's incorporating some Ghostbuster features with other things, or? Yeah, one of my biggest ones was my Boba Fett Deadpool mashup. <laughs> Did the full full armor, but in red and black, and with Deadpool twists to it. In 2013, I did a Gene Simmons Stormtrooper Predator Batman mashup. I like doing that stuff because I was able to put an artistic twist on what was seen as a regular costume. I think that's great because if you've got that creative spark in your brain to do that and you've got the wherewithal, and I think you're somewhat handy also with making some of this stuff, if not just flat-out construction from what I've seen from some Facebook postings, yeah. you, you got that going for you. And that's really cool to see that. It definitely makes you stand out if that's what you're going for or makes it original and unique. And, you know, you can take pride in it and say, hey, I made this and this is what I am. And kudos to you for doing that. And even better... When you get people who recognize and say, hey, in some kind of way, of course, I would think in a positive way, not to be like, what are you doing 
with that? What are you talking about? Why did you, you know, I don't think people kind of kind of do that. And if they do, they shouldn't because this is you being you. And, and that's what I've done in terms of being a um, spectator and just saying, hey, that's a cool costume. Can I take a picture? And I haven't seen half of what you're you're saying. Mostly, I think I've seen cosplay of Ghostbusters to that effect. And I think if seeing what you've shown me as far as at least your collection of patches then I'm like, I think it was Ghostbusters, you know, like above all else. I said, he doesn't have enough clothing to put these patches on. <laughs> well, the patches, I collect Ghostbuster patches. With the Ghostbusters, you have franchises all over the world. It's kind of like the 501st, but unlike the 501st, screen accuracy isn't a priority. So I try to collect as many as I can. And I would say I have probably over 200 patches Wow! in my collection, about 100 and 40 of them I have displayed in an ambulance that I bought and redid as the Ecto uh, EMT is what we call it. It's the Ectomobile Technician. So it's our version of the Ecto-1. We're making it interactive display where we go to a convention, we can open it up and people can look inside or I've got a PlayStation 2 in there so people can play the Ghostbusters video game. I've got a DVD player and a TV so that we can play the movies if we like. Hopefully things open back up and we can bring out the conventions. That is like a full-service Ghostbuster thing that you do, and that sounds very cool. (laughs) Uh, Did you enjoy, on a side note, all the Ghostbusters movies? When the first one came out, I absolutely loved it. Uh, When the second one came out, I was like, eh, it's not as good as the first. Years later, I've come to really appreciate the second one. The 2016, I'm not going to knock anybody that loves the movie. It just wasn't for me. And I think we haven't, we, the general public, have seen to some degree some other Ghostbuster characters that have done that. And again, in local areas, in my area in upstate New York, there, I believe, is a chapter for, if that's the right word. There's one in New England, there's a Connecticut, and the new, uh, well, supposed new that was coming out, I think, in the summer, was supposed to be the summer of either 2020 or 2019, that looked like it was a great-looking trailer anyway. Yeah, it was supposed to come out last year, then they postponed it to this year, but it got postponed to a little bit later on this year because they really want to do a theater release. I think it's coming out in the fall of this year. Yeah, it looks really good. My first impression of it. I can't wait for it to come out. Yeah. Let's move on to comic books. When and where, how did that come about? Comic books? Well, I paid with my own money my first comic book back in 1972. I've been in the comics ever since I was a kid. And the first comic I ever bought was the Black Panther. Back then, I had a blacklight poster of a Black Panther, and I loved Panthers and everything else. I saw the comic book. Oh, my God, I have to have it. (laughs) So the Black Panther was my first favorite superhero. I collected comics all through school, got out of them for a little while. Then when I got out of the Army, uh, I started collecting a little bit again and then just kind of got away from it and got into other things, you know, building cars and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it wasn't until shortly after I got into cosplay that I started buying them again. But I tend to stick with the independent comics. Most of what I buy is uh, from Bob Sally. He came out with the Salvagers comic, and he came out with Ogre and then Ogres. He's got Broken Gargoyles out, and he's working on a few others. So I've become really good friends with him personally, okay. and his stories are amazing. The uh, artists and colorists and uh, letter, even letterists that he hires are phenomenal. My personal opinion is these are way better than most of what you see coming out of the big guys. He really puts a lot into the stories and the characters. You can tell they're not just pumped out. 
Gotcha. I see there are pros and cons, and that's why we have a lot of indies that are out there trying to make it their own way. And hopefully, and that I think over time, just like with the whole idea of cosplay and the term that's become more popular, that it's not just all the two big guns that are out there. There's others to explore and celebrate also, like you referred to earlier. So that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize from what I've seen, from what you've done cosplay-wise, that uh, you're much more than I thought into the, the independent stuff. Let me move into a couple other things. In the uh, course of time, that different cosplay characters that you've done, would you think of a best or a worst cosplay that you've done character-wise? Uh, let's see. The best as far as, what's say, crowd response okay. was when I did Happy Clouds. Painting Happy Clouds. Who was the artist? Oh, him. But the big fro froey kind of hair and, yeah. and the palette and Deadpool has spoofed. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> On a whim, I just went through the closet and found everything, you know, found the clothes, put together. I made a palette, grabbed some paintbrushes, bought a wig off Amazon, and went down to Hartford Comic Con and was walking around and everybody was stopping me and taking pictures. And I was like, Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so simple, so easy, especially when I went down Artist Alley. All the artists were just blown away. It was so much fun. As far as cosplays that I really enjoyed doing, my Deadpool Boba Fett, that had a huge response when I did that. It was actually uh, the same convention down at Hartford Comic Con that I went there where I debuted it. And Matches Malone came over, and he broke character. He, you know, usually he, stay, he stays in character as Batman. Absolutely. And he broke character. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a great response. You know, and now lately it's uh, just Ghostbusters. You know, I've really gotten into the Ghostbusters cosplays, using that to help raise money for charities. And I'm even doing you know, mashups of uh, Ghostbusters. I've got a, uh, an Uncle Frank from... You mentioned that uh, character, I think. Uncle Frank from Hellraiser. Yes. I mashed that up with Ghostbusters, and I custom-made a proton pack that incorporated Hellraiser into it. Now I'm doing a, a Fallout Ghostbusters, and my friend Doug Fisher is building a, a new proton pack for me that will be in the vault colors, vault tech colors. Now, before I forget, your Ghostbusters um, paraphernalia and arsenal, if you will, the proton pack, what other items do you have in your collection of that? I got one of the Anovos proton packs, and then we added the light kit, the sound kit, and actually a smoke kit. Pretty close to what they have on screen. You know, it's not perfect. There are better companies out there. Like Ben of Kent, he's based out of England. Doug is building the uh, kit based on that. Yeah, they're a lot of fun there. The people love it. You know, we spark it up, and it's got all the sounds and everything else. Do you have other items? Like, I have a good friend who is into that stuff. He has his own suit. He has a pack. He has, I guess, more than one. Neutrino wand, I think, is one thing. Yep, okay. that's part of the proton pack. Okay. And a ghost trap, maybe, also? Yep, got a couple of ghost traps, PKE meters. And the good thing now is you can get them relatively cheap. You know, it's not the exorbitant cost of what the Mattel versions that came out years ago are going for now. Just about anybody can become a Ghostbuster relatively cheap. The more people that get into it, the better well, that's about what we're going to head into in just a second. But before we let this go by, let's talk about, and if you want to name the charities that you've done or helped out with. One of the biggest is uh, Autism Speaks. We help out Chris Norris with Team Christopher, which he and his family have started year, a few years ago. They've raised quite a bit of money for the organization. 
We also did a patch sale that we raised money for the New England Equine Rescue, Northeast Equine, one of the two. It's a friend of mine, his charity. Okay. We want to do one actually helping out one of uh, the charities that Lisa Falstaff supports. They rescue ducks and everything else. So, yeah, we, we try to keep try to keep it local around the area fundraising. When we go to the Comic-Cons, we like to help out Chris Norris and Team Christopher. And that, I believe, is uh, whether you go, and I've seen the group of you as individuals in your own cosplay characters, not so much Chris yeah. and his wife. They're taking care of the table, but whether you're doing individual things, or in one case I saw the four of you, you did a uh, group cosplay. Yeah, we did a, uh, no, we did a Hunger Games. Hunger Games, uh, that's it. And that was a huge hit. That was a lot of fun. Who, if you can recall, was who, what character, and... Let's see. Scarlet was the main female character. Okay. Chris Norris was the announcer. He had the blue hair. I was one of the bad guys, of course. The guy with the, the cool beard, you know, the flame-style beard. Jess was Effie. I believe her name was Effie. She was the flamboyant woman that was helping out the main character. Bob was the uh, Woody Harrelson's character. That was great. That was just a lot of fun. Well, the four of you then, yourself, Scarlet Fly, Bob Morgan, and Jessica Toki. Have you yep. done a group before, like you did for Hunger Games? No, not really. Jess and Scarlet, they had done their mermaids or Star Wars characters together. Let's not forget um, about those Scarlet and Jess as uh, Wilma and Betty. Yeah, they did Wilma and Betty. Jess, Scarlet, and Bob did Thing 1, Thing 2, and Thing 3. He was the Thing from the Fantastic Four, and... Scarlett and Jess were female versions of Thing 1 and 2 from Cat in the Hat. Yeah, Dr. Seuss. That's cool. That's taken a variation, and I love the alternate meaning of it. Yep. Jess and I had done uh, Natural Born Killers. It's a great range of stuff that you do, you're comfortable doing, and I think for the most, if not for the entire part of anybody who sees you and says something or reacts to it, it's like that gives you a good feeling. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Maybe in some cases, you know, you do a character that you say, you know, I want to do it just for me, and let's see what happens. You know, I don't care yeah. if people don't recognize. It's just I'm in a costume. Yes, okay, this is part of what I'm doing. And Well, one I had done up at uh, Super Mega Fest in Marlboro, uh, Motion Capture Colossus from the Deadpool movie. After the movie came out, I had seen behind-the-scenes photos of the guy that portrayed Colossus, and he was in the motion capture suit, and he was dragging Deadpool by the handcuffs on the bridge. And I was like, I got to do that cosplay. <laughs> so I got a mannequin, and I dressed it up as Deadpool, and I made the handcuffs and everything else. I was in a motion capture suit with a helmet, just like the behind-the-scenes photo, and I was dragging Deadpool around the Comic-Con for a little while. And people were like, what? They didn't understand. But to me, it was just fun. And a lot of people got it afterwards mm -hmm. as that picture got around the Internet more. Well, if you can, explain to me, I'm stuck on the term motion capture. When they're filming and they'll take a character and put them in a gray suit with spots or lines or triangles or whatever. And it captures their motion so they can use the 3D or the special effects to build the armor around them or build the, the look around them. Sort of like uh, when they filmed Planet of the Apes, they had guys walking around these suits and then they put the special effects over to make them look like the apes. They didn't actually have the people in the ape costumes. It's more like the stuff that you get on the DVD bonus features, I guess, right, that you don't see in the regular motion picture. Yeah, 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I got it now. All the dots on you and so on and against the green screen and put the scene up yep. behind your background. And Yeah, okay. That makes sense now. Well, my first time cosplaying, which I mentioned before, was 2013 yep. as the Shadow Trooper. And I was walking around Boston Comic Con and I saw this woman dressed up like Jessica Rabbit. And I told my wife at the time, I was like, I need to get a picture with Jessica Rabbit. Okay, let's go. So I went over and asked her if I can get a photo with her. And she goes, oh, my God, I want to get a picture with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she posed. You know, she put her arm around me, brought her leg up, and got the photo. And then, you know, I said, I'll send her the photo, whatever. And she's like, great. Yeah, we went out for the rest, walking around and enjoying the con. And then I posted online asking if anybody knew who it was. And they said, yeah, it's Jessica Rabbit. I know that, but who is it? And that's what her Facebook profile was at the time. It was Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> so I looked her up. I sent her a message and said, I don't know if you remember me, but and I sent her the photo. And she's like, oh, my God, and thank you, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking and asking if we're going to the other conventions and we're going to go to Rhode Island Comic Con. We had some mutual friends, and we were talking on other posts and things. And then Scarlett sent me a friend request. Of course, I accepted. And then we started talking. She asked me if I was going to Rhode Island Comic Con. I said, yeah, probably. So we went there, and her and I met for the first time there. And the funny thing is, is her and Jess met for the first time at Boston Comic Con. So after that, the three of us started talking and everything else and hanging out at the conventions, and we just became best friends. And me being married at the time, my wife was great because <laughs> she got along great with them, too. Cool. From that time, we became best friends, and we've been friends ever since. And uh, I'd be friends for the rest of our lives. And it's great, too, because some of that did sound familiar, having interviewed Scarlett a while back on this feature, that she and Jess met at a show, and it seemed like they were, like, hit it off right away, became best buds ever since. There's a significant distance between where they live. Yep, and it was just, it was a great year. And that really hasn't happened since. We've got a bunch of friends, a lot of really great friends, but I don't think I have any that close mm -hmm. you know there's uh robin mcintosh and christina samway really great friends too and it's funny because a lot of other people we really hadn't hit it off that well and it's like everything just clicked with all these people that is great stuff to hear a couple more things tim before we let you go one of them is with what you do for your regular day job You've been able to be in different places, but I assume in, in your geographic area, relatively speaking. But your postings that come up are the view from the office. And... <laughs> yeah, my today's view from the corner office. Yeah. <laughs> I travel quite a bit. I'm all over New England, out as far as uh, Buffalo, New York, Ohio, North South Carolina. So I absolutely love my job. I'm a courier. Okay. I'm an independent contractor for a company. Every day is different. I don't know where I'm going from one day to the next. And it's, I get to see just about everything. So every now and then, you know, if I see something unique, you know, I'll take a photo, and that's today's view from the corner office. And that started because a friend of mine had posted my view from the office, I believe, and it was just out the window of his office at work. And that just kind of kick-started me, you know. My van is my office, so. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people who share that sentiment and understand that, too, working out of their car and so on. I had spent 25 years working in a factory, 12 hours a day, five to six days a week. And now every day is like a vacation compared to that. That's a great outlook. It really is. 
Has any of this um, stuff that you've gotten involved with, though, Tim, influenced anybody else? I think you have a daughter, correct? Yep. Sydney started cosplaying a little bit, but a couple of years ago, she kind of timidly came up to me and said, I hope you're not going to be mad at me because I'm really not into it. I'm like, nope, I would never be mad at you for that. There's a couple of costume ideas that she has that she wants to do, and if she wants help, then I'd be more than happy to help her. One of the best costumes she did was for a Halloween party, and her and her friends got together, and they wore these striped shirts and these handkerchiefs tied around their necks, and they painted their faces, and they were French Kiss, a French version of the rock band Kiss, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Bonus points for creativity there. Wow, that's great. Yep, that was awesome. And speaking along the lines of that with the cosplay and the costume and work and stuff, with the schedule that you have, I know we haven't been able to go to shows and conventions and so on. Have you found, or finding time, that is, to do any new cosplay work or repairs or upgrades? Well, actually, I'm concentrating mostly on the Ghostbusters stuff, get back to the ambulance and decorating the inside to make it more like a, a mobile Ghostbuster vehicle. I've already taken it to a couple events locally. The last one we did was my friend's five-year-old's birthday party. We did a, a drive-by, and he was blown away. Perfect. Yeah, I drove by. I lit up the siren, the lights. and <laughs> But I've, I'm doing the uh, Fallout Ghostbuster mashup. Last year when the Tiger King came out, I put together a Tiger King cosplay, but that got shelled because there's no conventions, and by the time things open up, that'll probably be long forgotten. <laughs> well, for those who aren't aware, like me, Tiger King. That was a Netflix show. This guy, the guy's a loser. <laughs> Has a, a tiger, I can't say a rescue, but he's got tigers and he breeds them. And there's this other woman, Carol Baskin, that was a, a rival. She apparently rescued tigers from captivity, but she's really no better. You know, they're capitalizing on the exploitation of lions and tigers and other feline animals. But it was a big thing early last year. It was a very cringy but meme-worthy show. And it gives us something to do when you know, the conventions aren't around. <laughs> well, you know, going back to that real quick, November of 2019, it was uh, brought back, Super Mega Fest 2, Framingham. And yep. that time was good for me because I'd been able to go for about four years in a row having found out about it from Paige, Paige and Bob. Yep. Who, if you didn't know personally, I had met at a variation or a sister show, Super Mega Show. It was a smaller show version of the Super Mega Fest, and it was in New Jersey. And having met them, they said, you've got to come out to Framingham and check it out. Ten times the amount of people, costumes. And it was true. They couldn't believe that I made it out there. I did it four years in a row. I said, well, you brought me here. You got me here. <laughs> so it was infectious kind of thing. But when you and I met last November... I came out with a costume, which really wasn't a costume per se, but it was an orange jumpsuit with the reflective yep. taping, Con Edison on the yep. back, because my dad worked for Con Edison for a lot of years in New York, in the Bronx. Yep. And I thought, hey, this is easy to get into, and essentially the guy from Ghostbusters who had to come and shut the power or lose his job. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know if you gave me your reaction, except you smile a lot, so it's like, okay, but you know, that's fine. But I absolutely loved it. So simple. It, it, and even just a little yellow hard hat with the piece of paper copy of the proper lettering for Con Edison on there. Yep. I absolutely loved it because that's one of those characters that nobody would ever think of cosplay because it's a secondary character. Yeah. But it was kind of at a pivotal point in the movie from that point on. And 
if I had thought of that character, I probably would have done it. But you nailed it. Well, I, so I thank awesome. you. I thank you for that. I wasn't bringing it up for the sake of the kudos. But and I'm trying to remember what you, if you were, or maybe the next day you got into your Ghostbusters, you weren't. I don't think we matched. In other words, <laughs> I usually bring two or three cosplays to conventions. Yeah, there was one. The one time at Super Mega Fest in Marlboro, where I did ten different cosplays just for the hell of it, <laughs> and yeah, I do a cosplay for a little while, take off, go back to the hotel, change, come back out, and I did that for the weekend. It's like three a day or something. It's like a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> I usually bring a few different cosplays to to the conventions just to change things up. Some are more comfortable than others, so. So you can't be, and you don't want to be in one for more than a couple hours or a walkthrough or two? Well, it all depends on the convention and how I feel. Do I want to wear old costumes? Do I want to do new ones? You know, what do I have at that point? I think going back to the one that I had, the orange jumpsuit, the Con Edison guy, I think possibly the hardest thing for me was trying to find some accessories in terms of Ghostbuster pins or buttons to kind of help you realize who this character is. I had a clipboard with the Ghostbuster logo on it that was at least kind of helping you in that direction if you were just looking and saying, what the... Oh, I get it. Well, with, with that, you improvise. That's yeah, exactly right. Because standing alone, people won't make the connection. Even standing with, because you're at a convention, everybody's in different cosplays, and there are some costumes that have to be explained. So I've had to do that quite a few times with a lot of my costumes, but... Some are just accepted as the costume, or some people are like, what are you? Yes. Who are you supposed to be? I've uh, done the asking part quite often. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You right. know, some people see it as, oh, you should know. But that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not in the spirit of things. Not everybody who goes to a convention is up on every little genre of uh, geekdom. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we don't even talk about, we didn't, but you have the whole aspect of, let's say, anime, for one thing. That's its own world, so to speak, in a sense, that people yep. don't know much about. But more so now, I think, in general, and if they have heard of the term anime as well, so that's good. Yeah. What would you say, though, would be a couple of maybe do's and don'ts with respect to what you've experienced doing cosplay? Do enjoy yourself. Celebrate your, your love of whatever it is. You know, if you get into cosplay, have fun. That's the best way to do it. Don't judge others. Say... You've got a guy in, we'll say, a, a Batman suit that he spent $6,000 on, and you've got a guy in a Batman suit that he bought at the dollar shop. In my eyes, are both the same. They're there for the same purpose, to have fun and celebrate what they love, what they enjoy. Not everybody can afford a full-blown, handmade Iron Man suit of armor, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean if someone can, that they enjoy that more than the person that buys the plastic one off the shelf. Don't be judgmental. Have fun. Do what makes you happy. Good sound advice and a great outlet for creativity or just desire to yeah, step outside yourself maybe or something and temporarily escape reality if that's what it means to you. You're doing something to take your mind off everything else going on in the world. You know, to hang out with your friends, meet new friends, and have fun. Excellent. All right, Tim Wiley and the words of Rick Moranis, I'm a Ghostbuster! <laughs> yes, like you that. are. <laughs> Where, if you want to share, Tim, can people find you on social media? Pretty much just Facebook, Tim Wiley. I'm on others, but I don't check the others out. I'm on Instagram, but I don't go on there. Tim Wiley, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for the time. We appreciate you helping us make this cosplay connection. You're welcome, and it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me.